and welcome to the Get More Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us again here on Episode 5. We're going to be breaking down the Lakers' dysfunction. It's hard not to talk about the Lakers these days. And Baxter Holmes of ESPN, he just dropped a bombshell report that sheds light and goes deep into all the dysfunction that's going down in El Segundo with the Los Angeles Lakers. So we're going to dive into that. We're going to talk about the Rockets and Daryl Morey and how Chris Paul and Clint Capella may be on the trade block. And then finally, we're going to do a little NFL. We're going to talk some NFL at the end with the Raiders, who just signed Richie Incognito. So it looks like the Raiders, they're reverting back to the Al Davis. You know, they're going full Raider, signing all these bandits, perfect and all that stuff. Uh, but we're going to break that down at the, at the very end of the show. But we're going to start with the Los Angeles Lakers. And if you're Magic Johnson, Genie Buzz, no one looks good in this article. Rob Palenka, the Lakers, according to Baxter Holmes of ESPN, the Lakers have a toxic culture with fear, bullying, intimidation, and downright incompetence to the point to the point where employees are having panic attacks. So there's like a report where a lady had a panic attack, she fled the scene, and that she never came back and she had worked with the Lakers for two decades. But the report talks about, you know, the first meeting Magic Johnson he had with employees and Magic warned employees that he had 1,000 resumes sitting on his desk and that he could replace any of them at any time. So Magic Johnson does not seem like the guy you see in interviews where he has that billion-dollar smile, where he's got that magic charisma that just lights up a room. It seems that behind closed doors, he's a different guy. He's a guy that employees dreaded coming to work and seeing. You know, Magic Johnson, he already had a failed talk show. He's failed as an executive now. He's failed as a coach. He might try his role in acting. Maybe I could see him in Horrible Bosses 3 because apparently that is what his employees thought of him. Quote, it was shocking. If you're going to be in this business, you bring pressure on yourself. You don't need more pressure, especially from someone who's supposed to be an ally. According to one front office staffer, if you question him on anything, his response was always a threatening tone. He used intimidation, bullying, and authority. So to me, it reminds me, Magic Johnson sounds like the NBA version of Will Ferrell, where he's the evil boss, and you're just terrified, and Will Ferrell's going crazy. Interrupt me! When I am busy, do you understand me? I do not want you to pull this amateur bull trap, all right? I am a professional! Do you hear me? Do you understand me? Yes, Mr. Charkanian. Magic Johnson seems like he's that guy. He's that evil boss that uh, did not run things right. And, you know, it's one thing if he's not a great, you know, executive or if he's not a great guy, as long as he's a great executive. We know there's people in business that are downright awful people, but they get the job done. It doesn't justify what they do, but... It does, it does make some sense to the results. So if you're getting the results, maybe you put up with it, and he wasn't getting the results, and he seems like he was just downright terrible. It says, you know, Magic was frequently absent sometimes, appearing only once a week or every two weeks. You have got to be 
kidding me. This guy is president of basketball operations for the Glamour franchise, the Los Angeles Lakers, the 16-time champion. You know the Lakers' history. They're the biggest NBA franchise, the biggest basketball franchise on the planet, and he's showing up once a week and sometimes once every two weeks. You've got to be kidding me. He's treating the Laker job like it was his hobby. You know, Magic, what's new? Oh, you know, just starting a, you know, starting CrossFit. I'm taking salsa lessons. I'm learning how to paint. Oh, and also, I'm president of the Los Angeles Lakers. Magic, it's not a hobby. It's not something you do once a week. You know, I always say I'm going to go to, you know, uh, go to the gym five times a week. I go once every two weeks. You know, you can't be like that guy, like Magic Johnson, and you can't not do what your 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 commitments and being committed to the Lakers was something that he just clearly wasn't. Magic's response to the bombshell report about him being an awful dictator like ruler, he said, Magic, this is that you know ESPN hired him three times. Now I've never sat in a HR person's office in thirty five years. Two years with the Lakers no HR appearance. Jeannie Buss, do you think Jeannie Buss will allow me to abuse the employees? If that was the case, she would have called me in. Joe McCormick would have called me in, the lawyer for the Lakers, as well as Dan, the other lawyer. It never happened, right? I'm, I'm a person who brings everybody together, uplift the employees. I've never abused an employee, and I never will. That's not what I'm all about. Now- and that they're making him a part of their NBA Finals coverage, so... Look out, ESPN. Magic Johnson, he thinks that just because he's been hired by ESPN three times, that that in some way proves that he wasn't an awful or a terrible uh, president of basketball operations to the employees of the Lakers. That doesn't mean anything because we know the ESPN gig was even lighter than the president of basketball operations that he made it out to be. So, He goes to ESPN. That could get awkward. And look out, ESPN. My prediction is it goes to seven games and Magic quits right before that game seven, right in the lobby. He holds a press conference um, about how maybe Michael Wilbon stabbed him in the back or something like that. So I think Magic, he takes the job. He quits right before Game 7 where the Raptors are going to beat the Warriors in the NBA Finals. So more on the report. You know, according to this account, it was a nightmare for everyone. One staffer who had been with the Lakers for decades was shouted out by Magic to the point that she left the facility, began to cry, then in the months that followed suffered anxiety and panic attacks, and then ultimately just left the organization altogether. One Laker executive said, every day you go in there, you get anxiety. I can't tell you how many panic attacks I've had just walking in there and was prescribed anti-anxiety medication. This sounds like it was the most toxic work environment. They have that website, the glass glass ceiling, where you rate your employers. Man, I don't want to see what the Lakers looks like right now because it sounds like it was a hellhole there. And that working for the Lakers has been, you know, it should be a dream job. It should be the pinnacle. I don't care what you're doing, whether it's, you know, be, uh, work, you know, working in the front office or a GM role or a player or a coach. The Lakers should be something that you strive towards. 
like in technology, you want to work for Google, right? You know, it should be something like that where it's the ultimate prize to work with the Lakers, but that's not the case. I thought Magic Johnson was this charismatic guy. I've met Magic Johnson before. He was pretty nice to me, and it turns out that Magic, the businessman, is a completely different person, and he seems like he's this fear monger. Um, you know, if you look at it, since 2017, 37.5% of Laker employees have quit the Los Angeles Lakers. So in three years, with Jeannie Buss taking over the Los Angeles Lakers, one-third of your staff is gone. That probably means you're a toxic company. I go to Trader Joe's once, twice a week. I've been going there for years. I see the same people all throughout Trader Joe's, from the managers to the cashier. It's the same people, and they all say they love working there, and that's why they don't leave. So if you if you create a toxic environment, if you create a toxic culture, that's when you have people looking elsewhere, and it's clearly the case with the Los Angeles Lakers. And then it gets it goes from bad. I mean, look, look, we knew he was uh, Magic Johnson. That it was a train wreck as far as the front office was concerned. I didn't think it got that bad as far as the panic attacks, as far as the fear mongering. But I did. We did know going into it there was a lot of dysfunction. We knew he was an absentee owner. But it goes from bad to worse to just downright weird. So. The story goes on to tell a story with Rob Palenka. So general manager Rob Palenka, who was Brian's agent before moving into the front office role, he told a story about how Brian saw the dark night and was so impressed with Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker, he had to sit down with the actor. Palenka said Brian then met with Ledger over dinner. Side of just basketball. Yeah. And... I remember just a really quick story. There was one time when Kobe, who I worked with for 18 years, was going back to play in Madison Square Garden, and he had just seen The Dark Knight. Obviously, you guys saw that movie. And he's like, hey, hook me up with dinner with Heath Ledger because he got so locked into that role. I want to know how he mentally went there. And so we had dinner with Heath, and he talked about how he locks in for a role, and Kobe yeah. used some of that in his game great. against the Knicks in terms yeah. of mental preparation. So... That's all great, other than the fact that Heath Ledger had already passed away. ...to me, and he said, why so serious? And that that would be impossible. So now we have Rob Palinka, who's making up stories about meetings between deceased legendary actors and Kobe Bryant. I mean, come on, I heard LeBron James is a huge Fast and the Furious fan, Maybe he can get him a dinner with Paul Walker, right, Rob? I mean, geez, like, let's show some respect to some of these legendary actors. Heath Ledger. I mean, come on, man. That You just have to think because that was just downright disrespectful. By the way, The Dark Knight, my favorite movie of all time, at least top five. Um, but Magic, you know, he looks bad. Rob looks bad. But no one looks worse in this than Genie bus she's supposed to be the captain of the ship she's supposed to nail things down and she's doing everything but that she's hiring people that are showing up at their job once every two weeks she's hiring a gm that is 
is is vilified. He's hated amongst the league as an agent that guys don't want to work with, that they don't want to make trades for. He's burned so many bridges around the league, and he doesn't have a lot of respect and a lot of equity in front offices. She hires him, and then Magic, he walks out, and that was the opportunity. That was the sink or swim moment for the Los Angeles Lakers as of right now. Jeannie Buzz had the opportunity to say, look, we're, we're, cleaning, we're cleaning the house. We are jumping ship. I know I'm a new owner. I know that my dad was a legend. And what did my dad do? My dad, Jerry Buzz, he hired the greatest people in the game, like Jerry West, like Phil Jackson. He hired the top guns, and he just got out of the way. You know, mainly it was at casinos, hanging out with like 16 models at a time, but he got out of the way and he let the purple and gold thrive. And that's what they did under Jerry Buss. And that's just not the case. Jeannie Buss, you had the opportunity to do have a, a serious search for a new president, but instead you give it to this guy named Rob Palinka, who was a guy that was a part of all these moves. Now, when the when the Lakers made all these moves, signing these misfits, signing a Michael Beasley, Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, everyone in the media clowned them. Everyone said this is not going to work. One because they're bad character guys, and two because you're surrounding LeBron James with non-shooters. And look what happened: no playoffs, and it was a disaster of a year for the Los Angeles Lakers. And my question is. If you're a free agent, does this sway your decision? You know, you're already having to, you're already going to have to accept the fact that you're joining a LeBron James coming off a the, the, the most significant injury we've seen him have, missing the most time we've ever seen him miss, going into year 17 with almost, you know, getting close. He's going to have 50,000 minutes, playoffs and regular season combined, and an owner who has no clue what she's doing at this point, a GM that arranges meetings, uh, who, who, who lies about meetings, who doesn't have a lot of equity, we're just going to see how strong that Lakers brand is. Because if the Lakers are able to sign someone like Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, that just says, I mean, you don't give credit to the, to the front. Give them credit, but really that just speaks volumes for how powerful that Laker brand is. So ultimately, if they do get a free agent, you have to wonder all things they're considering right now. But the Lakers, I'm sure we'll be talking about them early and often all summer long. They just can't seem to stay out of headlines, and it was bad. It was a bad story. Go read this story if you want to learn more about the dysfunction of the purple and gold. But moving on to topic number two, the word got out yesterday that from that Daryl Morey and the Houston Rockets, they're not happy with their season, with their roster, and once again, they're going to try to rebuild that roster and try to do whatever they can to get better players around James Harden. Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted, in calls to front offices, Houston GM Daryl Morey is showing an aggressive desire to improve roster with all players and picks available in talks. Hard to imagine James Harden's scenario, but the rest under contract, perhaps even Chris Paul, could be moved in the right deal. So Daryl Morey has made essentially his entire roster available. Now, there's really 
a very limited scope uh, on the possibility of a James Harden deal. That that's almost almost impossible. But everybody else on that roster, if they think can improve that team, create some financial flexibility, they would do it. That would include even Chris Paul, Clint Capella, but. Chris Paul's deal is, you know, very cost prohibitive at 34 years old, three years, $124 million left on his contract. Once again, Daryl Morey, he's trying to work it where he can get a better player. We know he tried to get Jimmy Butler. We know he signed Carmelo Anthony. That was a failure. But this is what he does. Every year, he's trying to bolster that lineup. But look, I'm here to tell you, Daryl Morey, there's only so many moves you can make. There's only so many contracts and cap flexibility that you have. There's only so many assets and draft picks, and he's exhausted those draft picks, and really it comes down to signing Chris Paul. They signed Chris Paul to that ma- that monster extension. He's about to be 34 years old, CP3, and next year, million on the book at 34. At 35, you're paying Chris Paul $41 million. Chris Paul at 36 will make $44 million with the Houston Rockets. Good luck trying to get that contract uh, in a trade move taken by anyone. People are saying that Gordon Hayward or... John Wall's contract was bad. At least they're four or five years younger than Chris Paul and have a lot less mileage. Remember, this isn't New Orleans Hornets' Chris Paul. This isn't the Lob City Clippers' Chris Paul. This isn't the point guard that was an all-star, an all-NBA caliber player. This is a guy whose production has dipped significantly in the last few years. Last year, he averaged 15.6 points per game, 8 assists. Year before that, 18 points, 8 assists. He, you know, His best years, he hasn't averaged double figures in assists since his last All-Star year in 2015 and 2016. And the worst part about it, I get it. You can take the production dip, but your best ability is your availability. And Chris Paul played 58 games last year. And more importantly, the previous year, he went out in the Western Conference Finals with that hamstring injury. So I don't know who's going to be a buyer when it comes to Chris Paul. And Daryl Morey, you have only so many moves you made the move for Chris Paul, and it got you close to the finals. You should have won that series. The Rockets should be NBA champions with James Harden and Chris Paul, but the injury bug showed its reared its ugly head in that series. Chris Paul didn't play. The Rockets lost Game 7 at home, and that window was slammed shut they made it to the second round this year. You know, they had a really slow start. They picked it up in the second half, but that window shut. Chris Paul, he's closer to the State Farm sales insurance Chris Paul, the Cliff Paul at the end of this contract, than all-star Chris Paul because in the next couple years, I don't see him getting back to that elite point guard status. And Daryl Morey, you're going to have to do it the old-fashioned way. You're going to need to clear some serious cap. You can't just make every move. Daryl Morey's like that guy in Vegas that just tries to double down on every. Well, with Trevor Reza gone, with Luke Mamute gone, and everyone's a year older, and Melo coming in. The perception isn't that, but you're not concerned about that, you told me. 
I mean, we like beating perceptions. We've we've done it. I think I think I saw just talking about Vegas before we got on here that we've beaten the we've we've been ahead of Vegas and what win, what we thought under. ten of the twelve years we've we've been here. So thing, you know, double down, double or nothing. But at but Daryl Morey, at some point, you can't double down and they take your house away from you. So I don't see what they're going to be able to do. Of course, you could move James Harden, but you're not going to move James Harden. He's an icon in Houston. He's an MVP in Houston. And also, you just wouldn't want to do that. Um, Chris Paul, you know, Clint Capella, they play they, they play well off that high screen roll, getting him lobs at the rim. There's just really not so much you can do. You can try to play the MLE market, see you can get. Their best bet, really, was... If they could have swung a deal for Jimmy Butler and then have Jimmy Butler go to Texas where he's from. Jimmy Butler's from Texas and try to do anything you can to make that move. Unfortunately, the Wolves didn't like their package. But if they got Jimmy Butler, you know, the luxury tax, they could just dip into the luxury tax and the salary cap wouldn't affect him. You could put Jimmy Butler with Harden, Chris Paul. Then you take a lot of pressure off Chris Paul. And don't get me wrong, Chris Paul is still a gamer. He had some great moments, and he's his three-point shot has improved in the recent years, and I still like Chris Paul a lot, but not with how much they need him in Houston. But if you threw in Jimmy Butler in there, that would have been nice. It would have been a nice homecoming for Jimmy Butler. By the way, one of my favorite sports stories ever, Jimmy Butler, he's got to be one of the best you know, rags-to-riches NBA star ever. You have all these guys, LeBron James, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 16 with the chosen one. Jimmy Butler, he went to junior college before he went to Marquette. And when he got the offer from Marquette to play up at Marquette, he was currently working at a McDonald's in Texas. And he faxed his letter of intent from that McDonald's in Texas. And he went on to be Jimmy Butler. I love you, Jimmy Butler. Come to the Lakers. Um... Now, topic number three, we're going to switch gears, and we're going to talk a little NFL here. So the Raiders, they sign another high-character guy. By high-character guy, I mean they signed Richie Incognito, one of the baddest dudes in the league. He owns it. He knows he's a bad dude, and they're trying to bolster that offensive line. And Mike Mayock says, you can't have all Boy Scouts. At the end of the day, um, you can't have all Boy Scouts. And, and what you have to do is you have to do your homework on each individual case. And we've done our homework. We've talked to an awful lot of people. We brought him in. We talked to Richie. We told Richie what we'd expect both on and off the field. And, and we expect him to adhere to that. And uh, we're going to meet with our uh, player engagement people after practice. We've got our clinician coming in tomorrow. And I'm not going to go into any more of that. You know, and yes, we know that. This is the NFL. This isn't tennis. This isn't figure skating. They're not gymnastics teams. You know, the you know, we're not looking for boy, for for nuns here. It's a vicious sport. But Bill Walsh famously said, you can have only so many bad locker room guys. You can't have more than ten. That's what the famous Bill Walsh, the legendary coach with the San Francisco 49ers, said. And I believe him. You can't have that many bad guys in a locker room and that's the but that's the Raider way it could work if the talent is strong enough but I worry about John Gruden is John Gruden gonna be the guy that can 
discipline these guys. I don't see him as a disciplinarian. I see him more as you know a player's coach, someone who will let guys walk all over. But now they go from signing Rich Incognito to Vontez Perfect a couple years ago, and you know, like I said, the Raider culture is clearly we're going to try to get guys that have. Uh, you know, a little talent and a really long rap sheet. And it seems like they're going that route. But Cognito, he's concerning, man. He has a history of psychiatric issues. He has a reputation for making racist statements. In the last year, he was arrested for threatening to shoot employees at a funeral home. He had two handguns, three rifles, and a silencer. Funeral employee, employee, one funeral employee was quoted as saying, Richie wanted to cut his father's head off for research purposes and then walk through the funeral home, punching caskets and throwing things. He didn't even play football last year. This is a guy that the Raiders signed. Those are quotes from funeral employees. He was arrested. You know Richie Incognito is a bad dude, one of the baddest dudes in NFL history. And the Raiders are like, let's do it, you know? Um, and we're just talking about the Lakers. How did that strategy work out with the Lakers? How did signing Michael Beasley, Lance Stevenson, John Rondo, those cast of misfits, how did that work out with the Lakers, right? But that's what they do. The Raiders do. They pride themselves on signing those guys. Al Davis, that's what he liked to do. He liked the the Tatums, the Upshaws, the um you know, the guys, you know, when they got plunked, he was considered to be a bust. He went to the Patriots, the, the Niners, and then they bring him in and he likes to get those guys, he liked to get those guys that teams didn't want that he thought could ma- and he thought he could maximize their talents. So it is the Raiders way and I just don't see how it's how it's going to have any any. I mean, look at Vontez Perfect. You signed Vontez Perfect, a guy that almost ended the career of Antonio Brown, another guy you traded for that had a Facebook Live show in his own locker room that didn't show up for a game, an NFL game that calls out his quarterback that that gets mad that he didn't get team MVP. So there's so many personalities with the Raiders where it's just it's almost impossible to see a scenario where this works out with the Raiders. They're just they're they're a bunch of bad dudes. Richie Incognito is a as crazy as they get. Perfect is as crazy as they get. But look, they're going to Sin City. Maybe they want that outlaw, that Raider, they their renegade image and you know that's just what it is. The Raiders are raiding the league for misfits. You know, what if we had the Raiders and the Cleveland Browns in the NF in, uh, in the Super Bowl? That'd be that'd be the the all-time uh, uh battle of misfits Super Bowl. If you had Kareem Hunt, OBJ, all those dudes with, with the Browns, and then you put them with uh, with the Raiders. But look, I hope it works out for the Raiders. The league is more fun when they're doing well, and they're going to Vegas. They need a buzz. But Richie Incognito, I think you just stay. You you know you don't come within twenty feet of Richie Incognito. I wouldn't touch him if I was an NFL team. But that's gonna do it for today's episode. Check in for our next episode. We're going to be here Friday. Check in for Friday's episode. We got a big one. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast anywhere podcasts are found. You can follow me at DMAC underscore LA. That's at DMAC underscore LA. Thanks for rocking with us once again here on the Get More Sports Podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I'm out.